Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and change makers. Building upon last week's episode, where I talked about figures of speech that guide our work, whether we know it or not, I want to talk about a popular one in creativity. You can't create great work in a vacuum. While I understand what the phrase is saying, and there are some excellent blog posts advocating for non-vacuum ideation, I think it lacks a key component of creativity, doing the actual work. I'm just getting back from attending an annual conference and I'm struggling to get my groove going. There are a lot of distractions and items on the to-do list. What's missing is my ability to tune everything out, get into a vacuum-esque state of focus, and crank out the work. It seems like when I get close to it, something pulls me out, and that sucks. Ha! Vacuum puns are the best. In today's episode of Getting Work to Work, I'm diving into the what, how, and why you need to create a vacuum-like environment for deep, creative work. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 733. Before I dive into today's monologue, I want to share a couple of things coming up. The first is there's still time to sign up for my upcoming workshop on November 9th. Spread your ideas like a horny rabbit. Creative systems of content production for people with too many ideas. We're going to talk about how to catalog and rate your ideas, create projects that turn ideas into impact, and focus on how you can be a lifelong creative producer. Head to gwtw.co slash workshops to read more and to sign up. The second thing is, did you know I have another podcast and it just started its second season yesterday? It's called Beyond Your Imagination, and it celebrates the kick-ass do-it-yourself spirit of independent film and those who tell stories beyond their imagination. Season two features special guest Ryan Erlinson of Marble Mountain Films, And in each episode, we'll unpack an area of his approach to filmmaking from his origin story as a filmmaker and why he loves making horror films to collaboration, creative financing, and how he manages multiple projects. We're recording each conversation on location in the cabin he built in his backyard specifically for his horror projects. You can search for Beyond Your Imagination wherever you listen to podcasts or head to gwtw.co slash 733 and find a direct link there. As always, thank you for checking out my work. It means the world to me. Now on with this episode. Another phrase that gets thrown around a lot in the world of creative thought leaders is you can't create great work in a vacuum. It's usually said in conjunction with why you can't do a lot of things by yourself, that you need other people to validate your ideas, make them better, and actually get them created. And while I understand what people are talking about, yes, teamwork is important, but we need to create vacuum-like environments where we can tune out distractions and focus on the work that only we can do. Whether that's as a team or an individual, the vacuum acts almost like a force field that repels all the nonsense and distractions from disruption of the creative process. 
And I think that's the only way to get our real work to work. Every time I hear this phrase, I literally think of a vacuum cleaner. But Merriam-Webster is kindly letting me know it's likely more to do with, quote, a state of isolation from outside influences. I agree, that is almost impossible to do. We are bombarded with outside influences by the second. But the act of creating a force field for our focus and attention gives us a fighting chance. It allows you to unplug from what is popular and trendy, to worry less about relevance, and to care less what people will say if you're not talking about current events and celebrity gossip. But we need to maintain control of how we give ourselves space and time to create. So, if we are bombarded by the second, how do we actually do this? How do we not only create in a vacuum, but maintain the control of turning it on and off? In this episode of Getting Work to Work, I'm going to share seven ways to create a vacuum-esque environment so you can get your work to work. The first thing is to find a space where you can control every potential demand on your attention. Now, that's pretty easy for me because my office is a spare bedroom in my house. But if you work in an open space environment where all of the desks are in an open area, it is almost impossible to control all of the impacts on your attention in that space. So that means you got to go somewhere where you have more control over putting up shades on the windows, allowing music to not be played, all of the things that potentially distract us in an environment where we don't have control, we want to be able to control those things. And that brings me to the second thing, is being able to identify any source of noises and notifications and know how to turn them on and off and then actually doing it when you need to focus. And that's the hard part, because I think there's a thing with our phones where some people just love having those notifications on, and you know they're dinging and dinging and dinging and ringing and ringing and ringing. And after a while, you know they don't even hear it anymore, but the rest of us are like, good Lord, can you actually hear those anymore? And when you can actually start turning them off and working through those feelings of, well, what if people need me? Then you can be able to focus on the work that you need to do. You can actually focus. The third thing that you need to do is to let people around you know when you're engaging the force field of focus. And this can be something as simple as saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to go do some work over here for a little bit, I need. I just need some focus time. It could be a fun sound effect like an air horn or a prop like the red record light or something where you're able to say, hey, if you see a sock on the door, wait, that's something else. But you get the idea. Putting a prop on your desk, knowing that it's time for you to focus, it's important to let people know that. And it could be just something only you can imagine that you can share with others. Now, when you're in that force field of focus, the fourth thing you want to do is set a time limit so that you and others know when you're going to be out of the vacuum. And you need to know it's not going to be your whole day. So knowing how much time you're going to commit to this work helps you to control your emotions when things don't go the way you want them to, Chris. Yes, I'm speaking to myself on this because 
I have grand aspirations for my day because I have set the time limit beyond what I'm capable of doing. But if I said, hey, I'm going to go for 30 minutes before lunch and maybe 60 minutes after lunch, and when I can communicate that time limit to myself and others, I have a better chance at feeling like I actually accomplished something instead of beating myself up. The fifth way to create a vacuum-esque environment is to write down what you learned and accomplished while the force field of focus was activated. And the whole point of this isn't to prove to other people why you can create into a vacuum, but it's so that you can share with them and encourage them to do the same and say, hey, this is what I was able to accomplish that I was struggling to do you know, the other day when I didn't have this ability yet. And by encouraging them, you're able to then show what you're coming up with, the ideas that you're getting, the, the work that you're putting into it, and then bringing it to them. And that's the sixth thing. When collaborating, you can encourage them to do it as well, to create this force field of focus so that you're all bringing your best ideas together and, and riffing on what you've created. And the thing is, like, it's one thing to know what a force field of focus looks like as an individual. But then as a team, you get to determine what the creative vacuum looks like as a team. I don't have a whole lot of experience in this area, but I would imagine as a team, that would be a pretty fun conversation to be like, how can we prevent anyone from distracting us to doing our work? Try it out if you're on a team. The seventh way to create a vacuum-esque environment well, much like a vacuum cleaner needs to be emptied after prolonged usage, so does your creative space and your mind. And so by leaving and going for a walk, maybe getting lunch, a coffee, or even going home, you allow the energy, emotion, the head trash, and the literal trash, and the stale ideas dissipate so that tomorrow you can start fresh. And the thing is, none of this is easy. And when we use figures of speech, it sometimes implies that things are going to be easy if we just adopt the figure of speech. Because the thing that we need to know about many of the figures of speech we use to guide our creative lives, there is an endless amount of nuance and context necessary for it to actually be applied in our own circumstances. So I encourage you, whenever you encounter one, especially like something as prevalent as you can't create in a vacuum. Well, write it down along with how it's making you feel and then search for what it actually means for you and the work you do. Then and only then will you break its power over you and give you a chance to do some pretty awesome work and piss off people who love using phrases and figures of speech to control people and make them feel bad. I'm not saying that's their only intent, but... Sometimes I feel like that's the case. Maybe I should write it down and say how it's making me feel. But then that's what I just did. I digress. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.